0: Every farmer knows, even a small fox can kill an enormous crop. Most our lives veer off track in the very same way. Something small sabotages us. What if we could catch and corral these little foxes before all the damage is done, Little Foxes. All righty, Little Foxes, Little Foxes. Good morning, Good Morning, Southfields, Santa Clarita. It is good to be here with you this morning celebrating Father's Day. So, we want, on behalf of Southfields and their leadership team, we want to say, Happy fathers to uh, happy Father's Day to all of the dads, all of the grandpas, all of the uncles, all of those uh, stepdads, foster dads, those who are spiritual dads, those who play a role in the life of someone younger than you we really really want to honor you and thank you for everything that you do and um, maybe some of you maybe have some socks and underwears waiting for you in a gift bag somewhere uh, I pray. I'm praying for you. You know that I am. I, I really am. Uh, but it is a good day to be in the house. I missed you last week. I hope you missed me. Um by the looks of it, nobody else missed me. All right, now let's go. No, 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 no. I don't like no sorry. Those those no no no. I was gonna share with you my vacation time, but no. Uh you don't deserve that. No, um, but uh we had a blast on our vacation. Um and Monica is still on vacation, she said she's a teacher. She has the summer off. And so she decided to stay uh, and, and leave me alone on Father's Day. Um, anyway, boo-hoo, right? Uh, but I wanted to share some pictures with you uh, on our vacation. And uh, Well, this, this picture right here is one of the meals uh, that I ate. It is a Puerto Rican dish called uh, chuleta cancan, can, which is a giant pork chop. Right it was it's literally the picture doesn't do justice, but it is literally this big. It's like the one they put on Fred Flintstone's car before it topples over and uh, and so I had a great time eating all the yummy food that I had. This picture here is uh uh Monica's uh mom's and dad's entire family, uh all of their kids and all of their grandkids. and so it was a family reunion uh, for all of us. we went out there. Uh, and surprised them. And uh, so the, 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 the older people in the right, smack dab in the middle, are Monica's mom and dad. And then her brother's there, Jason, which you recognize the bald guy, tall guy in the back. And then the short bored guy is my brother in law, uh, Albie. Uh, and um, Monica's sister is next to the short bored guy uh, on there. And so as you can see, uh, hold on, go back to that picture I want to share real quick. See the guy in the back with the little hat? In the back and the little short guy. Those are the, the bookends So of the family, of the grandkids. So the first grandkid was a boy. So he's the oldest. The last grandkid was a boy. And squeezed in all between, they're all girls. Right? Uh, and so uh, that is the legacy. Led by me with four girls. Um, but that is uh, uh, Monica's and uh, Jason, which you all know. Uh, and Cindy, which Cindy's going to uh, be here in a, in a week or so. Uh, to grace her with our, with us with her presence, but that is the Rivera. Peña and Sanabria family right there. And the last picture I have is of me and my family and all the girls. Reunited and it feels so... Anyway, those are all my girls, all my ladies. We call them all the Peña ladies. Uh, and Monica made us take that picture. We were done. We took like hundreds and hundreds of pictures. And, and she wanted specifically that. No shoes on the golf course. And, you know, anyway. So we holding hands and everything. So... Um, Anyway, that was a little bit of our vacation we wanted to share with you. Uh, for those of you watching us for the first time online, we want to say welcome. If you're visiting us here for the first time, we want to say welcome as well. Uh, my name is Ephraim Pena. I am the campus pastor here. Uh, and my hope uh, is that uh, you are uh, leave here feeling loved, feeling welcome, feeling celebrated and inspired uh, by the word of God this morning. So we are in This series titled Little Foxes. Little Foxes. And this series title actually comes from a piece of Hebrew poetry. And it comes from Song of Solomon chapter uh, chapter 2 verse 15. It says, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love. For the grapevines are blossoming. Now, the whole book of uh, Song of Solomon is an allegory uh, about life and about love. And in this part of the poem, we're told that there's something that can ruin both, right? There's something that can ruin both. But it's not necessarily what we would expect. You see, in a vineyard, grapes are the goal, right? That is the end goal. We want a vineyard full of grapes. But there are foxes that come, right? There are foxes that are uh, uh, that come, and they're these small things that sabotage the goal slowly over time. It's counterintuitive because most vineyards are big and massive, right? And a fox is so small and petite. Uh, it'll make more sense if... They uh, warned us against a drought or a stampede of livestock, but that stuff is enormous and obvious. So the wisdom the writer is trying to share with us is this, to pay attention to the little uh, nuisances, especially to the ones that almost seem cute and harmless because they can have a much larger negative impact over time than you think is possible. The little foxes can keep you from fulfilling your potential, accomplishing your dreams and becoming who you were created to be. And so today, we're going after the fox of wasted time. The fox of wasted time. Let me ask you this. You ever been distracted by something of high interest but of very little importance. Distracted of something of high interest, but it it had very little importance. Something that got 100% of your attention, but really wasn't of value to you. Maybe that is TikTok. Anybody have TikTok? Like TikTok literally just kills, wastes my time, but I'm like this. Hours. Just looking at dumb stuff that people... Anyway, that's just me. But there are plenty of other things. A lot of us give a lot of time to things of little importance. A lot of us give a lot of time to things of little importance. Now, that's true in general, right? But it's been especially true this past year. Whenever we find ourselves in challenging times... We're always tempted to kind of fast forward, to look for ways to pass the time. And we often struggle to keep our focus. Think of how, uh, think of how many things there are to tear or to keep you, your attention away in the world that we live in today. Right? Think how many things are trying to pull your attention from the world that we live in. Did you know that there is a website that you can go on that will tell you in hours and minutes the amount of time it takes for a full series on TV based on the number of episodes? Like there's literally something that you can find out and say, man, if I wanted to watch a certain series, this is how long it's going to take. And I I looked it up. Breaking Bad, I don't know if any fans for Breaking Bad, 62 hours. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, 74 hours. For you HGTV watchers, The Fixer Upper, 77 hours. Steinfeld, 90 hours and 30 minutes. The Office, 99 hours and 30 minutes. Friends, for you friends out there, 121 hours. Not including... The reunion, right? And we haven't even talked about movies or football or fantasy football or social media or our phones or video games or the thousands of other things that occupy, uh, we can occupy ourselves with. On top of that, entertainment and leisure aren't the only ways that we can waste time. There are others, less obvious ways. That we get caught up in. For example, pushing yourself so hard that you never rest. So your work suffers. And your relationships suffer. That's a waste. Investing the time to excel at something that doesn't matter. That's a waste as well. Now today is not about canceling your Netflix account or deleting your social media apps or your phone on your phone or doing away with your tea times because I know some people are sensitive with their tea times I know I get that right or anything like that because none of those things are are bad they're not evil they're not sinful but there isn't any doubt that those things too much of those things can And often distract us from the race that we're running in life. The values that we hold dear. The priorities we've already set. Wasted time is a little fox that can do a lot of damage. Because it adds up. Little by little it adds up. And there's a warning about this in the Old Testament. In Psalms 39 verse 4 to five, it says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. And so this scripture, this part of scripture reminds us that we don't have a lot of time here. We don't have a lot of time here on earth. So what we do with our time actually matters. I find it an interesting prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. It seems like we've always had a tendency to lose track of our lives and take our time for granted, to take uh, to make things and occupy ourselves in ways that pulls us away from the ultimate priorities. Anybody ever been watched a show? Right? You have binge-watched and you sat down and be like, oh, I'm just going to watch one episode. One episode turns to two. Two episodes turn to five. Next thing you know, you are a statistic. Because now you are binge-watching something and you just wasted Several hours watching a show, right? What could you have done with that time? There's a story in the Old Testament about a group of people who did that very thing and they got God's attention. Check this out. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 through 3, it says, At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found the plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, Let's make bricks and harden them with fire. See, in this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. So the story starts off great. People are getting along, they're connected, they're being creative. And they leveraged their creativity to invent an amazing new technology. Maybe you missed it in the scripture there because it didn't sound very technological to you. But they created something that didn't exist prior, which were bricks. Bricks, right? You see, technology is anything that enables us to do something faster or on a larger scale or with less energy. Before this, people were only really uh, building things out of straw, out of stones, out of sticks and mud. Bricks were a major breakthrough. They could be mass produced in the same size, in the same shape, and with the exact same specifications. So not only could you build faster with bricks, than the other materials, but you could also build things that you never could build before. And when you combined with the technology of mortar, right, suddenly things are possible that had never been possible before. But the big question at any time with new technology when it surfaces, what do we do with it, right? What do we do with it? What are its unintended consequences? Will it make us better or will it make us worse? More or less productive? Will it push us closer to our values or pull us away from them? So let's continue to read and see how the story plays out and what they chose to do. Verse 4. They said, then they said, come. Let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. So they want to use this technology that they invented. They want to use this technology to build a tower to make themselves famous. That's very noble of them. What does famous even mean? To be popular, to be well-known, to be superior to others, to be impressive, to be successful, uh, probably maybe even wealthy. So imagine a culture where these were the highest aims. Imagine Imagine what that would do. Imagine what that would do to people who lived in it and their value structure. And their sense of morality and where they find meaning and how they invest their time. Maybe you're thinking, is that a trick question, Pastor Reed? Because kind of, I want to I be famous. I want to be wealthy. I want to have these things. Because isn't that our culture today? Where the majority of people aspire for these things? Like, I know a lot of kids, including some of my kids, that want to be famous. They want to be insta-famous. They want to be YouTube stars. They want to start recording dad and mom doing silly stuff. Right? The people in this very story are not looking to leverage their technology to make the world better. They're not looking to alleviate suffering, making things safer, or helping others improve their living conditions, They just want to be seen as successful no matter the cost. You see, technology is neutral, friends, but how we harness it is not. What we do with it determines what it does to us. This entire community is focused on building the tower. They were incredibly unified. One people, one um, speaking one language, doing one thing. It's great that they're unified. But unified on behalf of what? It's better not to be unified than to be unified in the pursuit of the wrong purpose. Think about that. The Nazis were unified, but that didn't turn out well. Unity wasn't the problem. It's what it was pointed at. Just because building the tower isn't the worst thing imaginable doesn't mean it wasn't taking them away from something better, something more useful. It was their primary focus. The time they spent on it was time away from everything else, investing in their family, bettering their community, worshiping their God. For them, the priority was to build, to succeed, to earn, and to achieve. Does this sound familiar to you today? It sounds a little like... Now, because this has always been a human struggle. This is often the cruel irony of technology. What we initially innovate to save us time ends up stealing our focus. Does this ever happen to you with any of your other pursuits? My phone makes everything convenient, but I'm also on it all of the time, which takes me away from the people right in front of me. My TV subscriptions literally let me watch every show, every movie, every game in the world whenever I feel like it. But they also take me away from doing things face-to-face with the people that I care about. My ability to watch church online was a gift. During the pandemic, and I kind of got used to it, but now it's got me thinking that I might never need to be around people anymore, which isn't all that healthy for me. My job allows me to afford a life for my kids that I never had, but it also makes me miss a lot of the moments that I wonder if I'll regret not being there for. Church, most of us don't slow down and think through what the things we are devoted to are depriving us from. We don't take a moment to think about the things that we are necessarily so engaged in and so focused on, on what they are taking us or pulling us away from. As a great philosopher, Dr. Ian Malcolm, anybody know Dr. Ian Malcolm? well, he's from the film Jurassic Park, (laughs) said they were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. And so I wonder today if we are so preoccupied, so preoccupied with whether or not we could be doing this that we're not stopping to think if it something that we really should be doing. You can have your phone on you all the time, but should you? You can spend every evening watching TV, but should you? The danger in all of this is that we don't often feel the impact of an empty pursuit until it's much later. Often, once it's too late, And so the question is, what is it that you really want out of life? What is it that you really want out of life? Because the investment required is determined by the outcome desired. The investment required is determined by the outcome required. What is it that you want to do in life? What are your dreams? What are your goals? Does the way you allocate your time indicate what you say is most important? Think about the top two things in your life right now. Right? The top two things in your life that matter to you the most. Are you putting in the time to that? Are you investing the time that needs to be invested into those two things? I wonder how many people in this community actually wanted to build this tower and how many were just swept up in it because it's what everyone else was doing. The tragic part is that they may not have all had the same goals, but they all experienced the same outcome. Their lives were still ruined. And how many of us work the same way, get caught up in the same way that other people do, right? Get caught up in the way others live. Well, they're on the phone just as much as I am. Um, they work the same amount of hours that I do. They're, they're, not a, they're not going to any growth groups. That may be, but do you want the same outcome them do you want their life do you want their marriage do you want their relationship with their kids do you want their relationship with god do you have the same goals as them where is what you're doing where is what you're excuse me where is what you're doing with your time taking you what are you investing your time in Ephesians 5.16 in the message says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Grab it. Cease it. Right? Wasted time isn't time spent on bad things, just time spent on wrong things. I'll say that again. Wasted time isn't time spent on bad things, just time spent on the wrong things. So what happens to the people in this story? What happens to them? Verses, chapter 11, verse 5 through 9 says, But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. And he says this in a very facetious, sarcastic way. Look, he said, the people are united and they speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. And that way the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. This is why the city was called Babel. Because this is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way he scattered them all over the world. So now God gets involved in this story. Why? Does he just not want them to succeed? No, he doesn't want them to self-destruct. They wouldn't deprioritize the wrong things willingly, so God pushed them in that direction. They wouldn't put parameters in place to keep the proper priorities in order So God did it for them. And so I wonder if God is trying to readjust your priorities today. I wonder if God is trying to share something with you today. Because to me, that's parenting right there. Good parents put healthy parameters on their kids. Right? Healthy parameters on their kids that their own kids are not mature enough to put on themselves. Things like video games and junk food and screen time and bathing, right? But how do we know when something is truly a waste of time? How do we know when something that's not bad for us is really bad for us? I believe a good thing becomes a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. A good thing becomes a bad thing when it distracts us from the the best thing. I'm going to wrap it up this morning. The big takeaway from this seems to be when we elevate our desire to succeed, when we elevate our desire to earn and achieve above everything else, the outcome is an inability to connect and communicate with the people around you, ultimately causing them to scatter from you. When we don't give the attention that, say, our spouse's need, When we don't give the attention that our children need, that the people that we love and care about, when we use our time to do other things and don't give them the time that they need, the priorities in our lives, eventually it will cause damage. Basically what we're doing is putting a wedge between us and them. Again, a good thing becomes a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. Your relationship with God. Your relationship with the people that you love and care about. By the way, this happens every time Technology results in someone's priorities going sideways. And their community, right, and uh, they and their community have to wrestle with how to best move forward. And there are a few options. Number one, you decide that this technology is bad and needs to be abandoned, right? Bricks are bad and, and, and anyone who uses bricks is bad. You can have that option. You can go with option number two. You decide the technology is beneficial but needs boundaries. What good could we do with the bricks that don't conflict with our values? Or option three, you ignore everything about your previous experiences and place no limits on yourself whatsoever. Anybody up for building tower number two? Think about your life, church. Think about your life for a moment. At this very moment. Think about the way you spend your time. We all have obvious ways that we waste time. But what about the other ways? The ones that we don't pay too much attention to, the ones we think are cute that won't do any damage. What about the technology that's constantly begging to be the priority in your life? What will it, what will you do with it? Are there any unintended consequences? Will it make you better or worse, more or less productive? Will it push you closer to your values or pull you further away from them? What are the little foxes that are slowing you down and doing damage to you right now by wasting your time? Church, we need to decide what we're going to give less time to so that we can give more time to something that matters more. Set clear parameters and share them with those close to you. This past week, I wanted nothing more than to, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to visit any sites in Puerto Rico. I just wanted to spend time with me and my girls. So I went out into the 75 degree ocean. And we laughed and we played. We sat on the beach and shared stories. And for a good majority of my time, of my vacation time, I didn't jump on my phone. I didn't watch my shows. I just spent time with the people that I love the most. I wanted to give my undivided time to my ladies. I wanted to practice what I was ready to preach today. So I want to encourage you, church. Don't let the little foxes of wasted time eat away at the things that matter the most to you. Look for those opportunities To spend time doing things that matter the most. Amen.